Hello, and welcome to another episode of Filuminati Philosophy with me, the person you already know. So, I recorded a couple sets, sung uh, Copperhead Road on karaoke, turned out pretty good. And I'm going to keep this intro short. <sighs> I'm sleepy right now. I've been burning the candle at both ends for the last five and a half, six years doing comedy, so I'm going to take a well-deserved rest. Or I took a forced rest when uh, my car got hit a couple weeks ago, like two weeks exactly, on a Thursday. Pulling through a light, my last delivery of the day, some dude T-boned me and ripped my bumper off and destroyed my headlight. I got super sad because I couldn't leave the house because I had no headlights. And finally got depressed for the first time since I started comedy just because I couldn't do it for like three days. But now I'm back. I even rode a skateboard to an open mic, which is the dumbest fucking idea ever. Skateboards. Uh, oh, yeah, it's going to be a lot easier. You can just coast everywhere. I'm like, nope. Takes a lot of butt muscles. Muscles I currently don't have because I never work the butt. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Well, I only crashed once. Also, I rented a bird scooter going to Dirty Bull. I said, let me ride this bird scooter out and see what happens. But I got overcharged. They charged me $5 for that fucking bird ride because I didn't ride it I was like who the hell rides a bird scooter for long enough to get charged five dollars I rode it from one corner to the next block just to get a pull up in style on that bird and they're like it's only gonna be a dollar and thirty cents but now I don't even fuck with birds no more it's really lime bike not bird because I was in Durham but fuck lime bike I don't know. I think because I left it in the middle of nowhere. I should have put it on the curb like you're supposed to. I think it overcharged me. But fuck those motherfuckers. Yeah. Some of these are kills. Some of these are just mediocre sets. But all of them are in the wheelhouse of working on what I want to work on and not how everyone else wants me to work, which is doing the same set over and over again for years straight, which I've never been a fan of because you don't grow from that comfort zone spot of doing only thing to like I can either do you can either do mediocre and go for safe or you can go balls to the wall and either kill or die horribly. And I rather take that chance. I'm getting standing ovations. I didn't even know it was possible to hit an open mic or get a fucking applause break for thirty seconds. I'm like, motherfucker one of those sets though I went a little too fast threw off the pace and I lost but a lot of people came up to me after they were cool with it but just for your information this Wednesday June 19th I will be at the pit at 9.30pm doing a screening of Netflix and Phil of which uh, Richard Pryor's Which Way Is Up it's like a story about mental illness and the black experience Pretty much something everybody goes through. Like, you're working with somebody else knowing it's a fucking dead end. And the true key to freedom is working on yourself and working on your business and minding your own business to the point where you can create a business that satisfies you and your own personal needs. 
and eventually can give back to people who care about you. Like Tori Chafee and Nate Bacon and everyone else that's been real friends to me, Lucas, to me in the last couple of years that uh, helped me get to where I am and out of the house to try to make something with my life. It's kind of funny. Me and my dad went to go see Shaft today for Father's Day. And the movie was kind of corny. It started out. It's got a lot of horrible script problems. <laughs> like the script sucked. It was like it was written by like an eighth grader. That was uh, overdosing, but like withdrawal symptoms from Ritalin. That's how fucking. It was so fucking horrible. <laughs> Until Samuel Jackson came on the screen, it was kind of garbage. When they were setting up the return of Shaft. But me and my dad connected. It's pretty much our unofficial biography. Because everybody grows up with this adult child of narcissist alcoholic program in which that movie totally like displays and shows you all the different facets of how you can love the person. You don't have to agree with everything they do, but you can see positive examples of any kind of activity like no matter how negative other people try to get you to fall in line with the man like the movie kind of goes with every true hero chooses his own path and makes his own decisions and fixes and heals himself from his animalistic desires which chef also exemplifies with all the depraved sexual i guess I don't know, I forgot the word for it. Promiscuity. But his son was like the next level of shaft, so he had like the old school. He could fight, he could shoot, but he didn't want to. And he knew tech stuff. So it was just like me and my dad. Like my dad was a fashionista, bodybuilder. He could sing. He was funny. He used to always show me comedy videos and recite Rudy Ray Moore. Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor bits to me since I was a baby. Like, I was five years old. I remember he told me that Rudy Ray Moore joke about, like, the monkey pissing on the line in the tree, and I was like, I don't get any of this. But I was doing that thing where you, like, spin around on the floor like you're walking on the floor laughing till I almost passed out when I was a kid. So, I love you, Dad, and thanks for inspiring me to be the man I am today, too lead by example and shine my light no matter who tries to stop it because I know I got love in my heart for the whole world and everybody so this is just gonna be I guess gotta commit to doing what I'm supposed to do in life which is make people laugh think outside the box and question things more than other people would like you to cause at the end of the day it's all about living the spirit of Christ and not actually believe that you are the actual reincarnation even though we all are it's just a choice to see who's going to be the one that tries to live it to the fullest they see the meek shall inherit the earth and I, was like, I was meek as a motherfucker my whole life so now I gotta be bold step out on faith and make a positive change for myself and the world but if you would like, share, and subscribe, 
and enjoy the podcast. Thank you.
It's like, how long can you stay at your parents' house and listen to them having sex? <laughs> I'm like, Dad, your fucking stroke game is weak, man. I used to always try to like move his bed away from the wall so we could knock his ass at night. I think he moved it back on purpose. Like he was so consciously passive aggressively trying to get me to leave the house. Or getting Viagra mixed with his schizophrenia medication. But yeah, that's my time since you got it later. Football player CTE, but neither of them played any sports. 
And I guess he gave him schizophrenia, or maybe the medication might have exacerbated it, but he thought he was going to give birth to the Antichrist. That's what the demons are telling me. <laughs> I feel really weird because it might actually be true. Because <laughs> like you are, whatever your thoughts are, manifested to reality. And when I was five years old, I was like, I might be a fucking immortal. <laughs> Who knows, man? I might be the reincarnation of Jesus. I want to try it out there. Like I want to get pulled over by the cops one day and see if I pop back up after getting shot. Like surprise! <laughs> uh, I don't think of the last thing. Oh, we're going to go see Shaft on Sunday for Father's Day, so it's kind of weird. Because I, I went back home today, and he was like, you're going to give me a gift right? I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> kind of fucking up right now, but whatever, I have, but that's my time. I'll see you guys later. Schizophrenia. 
Because he tried to kill my mom and take it all out of her. He's like, you're going to give birth to the Antichrist. I know it. I was like, man, who knows? So when I was a kid, somebody told me, like, your thoughts control your reality. I said, what do I just think that I'm fucking immortal? And it actually works. But the funny thing was, I remember when I was 11, we were broke as shit, and we had, like, one piece of tilapia left in the house. <laughs> I just got out of the blood. And I fucked this tilapia up. I was, like, sprinkling garlic on it. I bought it both sides of the bread. I was killing it. I was a golden gourmet sandwich. Like, I was born to work at Jimmy John's. But since I was a nice little kid and I love people, I gave that sandwich to my dad. Turns around, he threw it directly in the trash can right in front of my face. And I never asked him about it. I just cried and watched Yu-Gi-Oh! for the rest of the day. <laughs> and then finally, at age 23, I was like, Dad, what the fuck was up with that sandwich situation? And he looked at me and said, well, son, I thought you were trying to kill me. I was like, kill you? <laughs> How would I even get to a fucking poison store? This can't even reach the pedals on Monte Carlo. It's leaking fumes, man. It's going to kill me all the way there. But it's funny because growing up with a schizophrenic father, it's like you're a celebrity everywhere you go. We used to go to the mall and he used to be like, hey! And then people used to be like, look at him like, hey, what's up? Because I guess he was hearing voices and thought everybody knew him or something. It was crazy. One of my favorite moments, though, of his. I guess mental illness and my weird uh, esoteric mysticism kind of <laughs> like me and him had the exact same thing. Like, I'm pretty much my dad, like the cooler version of him. Like his fashion style, he was doing his shit back in the old days. He was the first black hipster in the early '60s. That's what made my mom so enticing. Like, oh man, he's so cool. But the funny thing was, he went around and told everybody, he said, I'm going to marry that girl one day. And one, she, like, she told me, she's like, I didn't actually want to marry your dad. But since he told everybody, I didn't want to embarrass his fucking crazy ass in front of everybody. Even more than he already did himself. But, something, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Would it be late? Should I actually do it? Because, yeah, there's not any more, it's really low expectations going on right now. Oh, you're getting me the comedy. When I found out he was schizophrenic at 23, I was like, fuck, I might as well take shrooms. Because <laughs> it might be the only thing that's going to fucking zap me out of my whole existence. Because the funny thing was, I used to be a 250 pound, like, nerd, and super depressed for no reason. And I took shrooms once, and I started hearing voices. But when they say, I'm in the it's like, oh, you shouldn't listen to the voices. All the voices gave me good fucking advice. <laughs> but it didn't sound like a white guy. It was like God to me was Danny Brown. He came out of class and was like, Feel your fat ass nerd, bitch! You need to get out of your mama's basement, jack it off in them slots, you need to go out and do some shit with your life. And I did. He was like, God was pretty much telling me to become Joe Rogan. It was like, start eating vegan, start running the elliptical on acid, and stop jerking off. And it like changed my whole life. I went six months without coming, and I figured out, I think it increases your psychic powers. I remember I hit the whole level six, and started being able to see through walls and shit. I just like, they call it visual skills, it's pretty I think it's just me tapping into some fucking superhero powers. Because I found out when you have, when you start like ignoring sex, people will just start coming out of nowhere. I guess they're demons or reptilians. <laughs> <laughs> People just try to get cold out of my 
body. Like, I put it up on Facebook. I was like, I'm going to go celebrate right now. And they had like three DMs like, you don't have to do that. I was like, get away from me, you drum demon. <laughs> Some guy slid up there with me. He's like, hey, I got something I want to talk to you about. And I was like, oh, God, this guy might be giving me some shrooms, too. But that's why I asked you the first time. Some random white guy just came up and was like, I think you need these. I was like, you work for the fucking government. But that guy turned out to be super, super gay. But not in a bad way. I guess it wasn't a bad way. Because he didn't ask for permission. Like, we went outside. I was like, so what's up, cowboy? And he was just like, can I suck your dick, please? I was like, is this reparations is what you're trying to do right now? <laughs> you just find weird black guys and just uh, offer them free blowjobs. Crazy. He's like, you look really eclectic. I was like, thanks for not calling me later, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know what to expect. And I tried to like get out of it. I was like, dude, it's way too bright outside to be fucking right now. Like, it's 5.30 p.m. I'm like, you gotta catch me in between. The hours of midnight and 2 a.m. That's the only time I'm sexually active. Demon like hours. But I should have fucking known something else would happen. I was wearing sweatpants. I was still a fat bastard back there. And he slipped his hand and grabbed my dick right as I was spinning away. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I just let him suck my dick. But I had to go in and I said, how long does it take to transmit HIV? I didn't get a definitive answer. I was like, maybe less than 30 seconds. So I was like, okay, you can blow me for 30 seconds. I'm going to walk in and get my cheesy potato fries and finish the rest of my day. But he didn't even get the 30 second blowjob. He only got eight because he had to then go and do some dumb shit. Like, fucking look at me in the eyes. Like, you never said you were in Dallas. Like, you didn't need mask. You just assumed it because I was black. Prejudice. So hard. So they don't tell you. But also, I gotta tell you that before I did shrooms, I used to be really into alcohol and drugs and killing myself. I found out the easiest way to kill myself was to go to Craigslist orgies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. But uh, I guess gay dudes may be the rapiest dudes on the planet. Because I was standing next to the barbecue chicken tray and they had the beautiful ass orgy because they had catered events, so this is cool. So I went to go and try to shut them down. I was like, this is the best parties I ever went to. And some guy came up and saw it, and he just took a hit of free cones. And he looked at me, he was like, you got a good black batch right there. I was like, really? I mean, this guy go and ask him, was like, that. I didn't know this party was so fancy, you guys had a priest and over some Ollier walking around. Just don't get them pregnant. I run this one time down in Alabama. 
this thick Asian bitch came up to me named Yoko. She said, Martin, I want to suck out your dreams. I told that bitch, if you want to fuck me, you got to do it gangster style. You got to fuck the whole squad talking about the mix. Jesse Jackson, what about that slippery-haired coon now shouting? I think he has something to do with getting shot. He ever do anything for money.
Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Okay, so. Dan. Yeah, Let's do the damn thing. Let's do the damn thing. Let's do the damn thing.